from the newsroom of South Coast Today. This is ST Speaks, a podcast diving deeper into the news of the day and covering hot button issues that matter to you. You're listening to ST Speaks. Welcome back to the Courtside with Kurt podcast. I'm Standard Times digital editor Brendan Curie, and I'm sitting down today with longtime Courts and Cops reporter Kurt Brown. Thanks for being here, Kurt. Thanks for having me, Brendan. So we're going a little bit off the beaten path with this episode of Courtside with Kurt, but we want to honor a real champion of the South End here in New Bedford, uh, Loretta Bork. She uh, passed away on Tuesday night at the age of 98. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon, and she was a real uh, longtime leader of the Cove Street Neighborhood Association and just uh, basically spent her life trying to improve uh, the South End and all of the city of New Bedford. And uh, how long does your relationship with Loretta go back? Um, I, uh, I knew Loretta for 18 years. Uh, she was inseparable from her sidekick, uh, Suzanne Bragger, who was the longtime head of uh, Neighborhoods United. And um, where you would see Loretta, you would see Suzanne. And uh, the two of them were uh, – Suzanne is uh, – stepped uh, down from uh, neighborhoods united but when they were in uh, when they were fighting for the neighborhoods <clears throat> you knew about it they were everywhere they were um, out knocking on doors trying to organize they were bending the ear of city officials to try to um uh hold a civic event and try to get uh, <laughs> They would hold it basically for free. They wouldn't. They wouldn't come up with much money, but they would get the different uh, elected officials to contribute. They would uh, find a uh, a grill here. They would find a business that would donate hot dogs and hamburgers, and other business that would donate rolls. And um, they were remarkable. Uh, she was an extremely uh, tough woman with city officials uh she would when she wanted something she wanted it but she had a heart of gold for uh for the poor she had a heart of gold for children and she had a heart of gold for senior citizens uh she used to call me up and tell me you should do a story about (laughs) (laughs) uh and she was she was a woman of great passion uh she represented her uh, Cobb Street Neighborhood Association so well, and she um, set an example for others uh, in the city to step up and follow her lead and also champion causes in those neighborhoods. Is there a certain story or interaction with her that really stands out for you or you know kind of a memory that you go back to i think it was a consistency that Mm -hmm. if you you would if you saw her once uh two weeks later you saw her again doing the same thing the neighborhoods were really her passion uh and improving them uh getting drug dealers off the street um her um uh, tenure uh, in the city of New Bedford working on neighborhoods spans several mayors. It goes back to Bullard and to Tierney and to, to Rosemary Tierney, to John Bullard, to Fred Kalis, to Scott Lang, and, and now John Mitchell. And, I mean, that's a tremendous legacy, a legacy of over 50 years in the city of New Bedford. That's amazing. Where, where are some areas that you can just see or feel her impact here in the city? Um, it, 
were there any events, I guess, that she was vital in or a certain uh, rejuvenation of, of an area or redoing of a certain neighborhood? I think that she, um, uh, the city of New Bedford believes strongly uh, in the broken window theory of uh, mm-hmm. crime fighting. That's one of the tenets of their community policing uh, um uh, philosophy, and that is that if there's a broken window and you don't fix it, the next day or two days later, there's going to be two broken windows. Mm-hmm. And Loretta was just diligent. She didn't want that second window to be broken. She uh, wanted to address the first window. She did. You know, yeah. you know it's it's kind of the uh, you know if you're walking down the street and you see a bunch of trash, you might be more likely to litter yourself. That's but correct. if you see a pristine street, you're probably not going to be the first person to drop yeah. trash on it, right? Yes, um, we have a story uh, in today's paper, Thursday, that uh, were several people, uh, uh, city officials, uh, present and former, uh, lauded her accomplishments. Uh, Scott Lang um, called me up today. We weren't able to to speak on uh, Wednesday when the story was being written and put together. And he made the observation that, hey, look, when, when I was mayor, he says, um, I worked for her. He said, you didn't work with Loretta. He said, you worked for her. And he made this great uh, analogy about Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer was there uh, painting a fence with mm-hmm. a paintbrush. And then he says to you, hey, come on over and help me paint this uh, br- uh, paint this fence. And he, It's he the gives funnest you, thing ever, right? It's a great time painting this fence. You're going to have a tremendous time. And then he gives you the brush. <laughs> and so you're there, and two hours later you realize, wait a minute, where's Tom Sawyer? He got me to paint this fence, right? <laughs> and then you look around and, oh, yeah, there's a few other people too. <laughs> and, and according to Scott, uh, that was Loretta. Now you talked to uh, Mayor Mitchell as well. What did Mayor Mitchell have to say about Loretta's it, impact? Oh, the the mayor uh, uh, John Mitchell called her a force of nature that that, that she was just unstoppable, and I, uh, if you have a chance, look at the the mayor's uh, Facebook page. Uh, he had some wonderful photos of of him with uh, Loretta, one <laughs> in a uh, Halloween costume of a bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now she lived in '98, and she was active. And yeah. things kind of pretty close to the end, right? I mean, she was, she she was. Never really I, dropped out of the. I remember focus. Uh, maybe two or three years ago, it was the dead of winter and there was snow on the ground, and uh, she there. She, she was legally blind, and I went to a night meeting uh, at the uh, New Bedford Antiques um, on um, on Cove Street. Um, uh, Keep in mind, dead of winter, snow on the ground. I think it was February. And she's at the meeting, and she's chairing the meeting. (laughs) She needs help uh, getting in and out of the meeting into a car, but the sidewalk is broken there, and she's navigating the sidewalk would help. But a lot of people, I mean, she was about 95, 94 then, but she still made the effort, and... She wanted to do it. Amazing uh, how the, the passion never dissipated. No, the uh, neighborhoods were her, were her passion. Did she ever tell you a story of what, what brought about that passion or what kind of got her into no, she being never such did. a fervent advocate for her neighborhood and, and other neighborhoods? No, just, no. just a, an aspect of her, just something that she cared dearly about, huh? Um, 
she fought hard for for neighborhoods, and I I, I believe that uh, she wanted to set an example for others. Uh, she wanted other people to for, uh, follow in her footsteps. Uh, Suzanne Bragger said that uh, she. One of her memories of Loretta is Loretta telling her, now be sure to do the, it this way and be sure not to do it this way. <laughs> so she was always giving instructions. Uh, um, now your beat, of course, is, is public safety, and that's what we're almost always talking about on this podcast is right. different issues of public safety. Uh, is Loretta somebody who improved the public safety in New Bedford? I, I think she did. I think she definitely did. Uh, um, the... If the police don't know about something, that uh, they can't act. And many times, uh, the we use the phrase "the eyes and ears of the neighborhood." Um, that's what na- uh, that's what Neighborhood United is. Uh, I've gone to many of their meetings, many of their neighborhood meetings, and one of many of the uh, meetings of the Umbrella Group, Neighborhoods United, and. There'll be a community police officer at all those meetings, and they come with a notebook, and they come with a pen, and they're busy writing because they find things out directly from the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Hey, you might want to look at such and such an address because I've seen some illegal activity there. I've seen um, people going in and out of that uh, house at all hours of the night. Oh, well, that's a telltale sign of drug dealing mm-hmm. to the police or... or um, Henry Busquet had told me, Henry Busquet is a former city councilor, used to be head of the Mount Pleasant Street neighborhood. Uh, he mentioned to me that, um, no, it wasn't, it was, it was uh, Stephen Froyus, uh, who was also a member of the uh, Mount Pleasant Street neighborhood, that, um, that there was a, a, um, an elderly woman in that neighborhood who said that even though there was sand at the end of the street, she couldn't walk down to the end of the street and get it. Uh, just because she voiced a concern at that neighborhood meeting, uh, several uh, people volunteered, and they formed a little uh, a volunteer tree to get her uh, sand every time it snowed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah, kind, of, kind of the impact, that uh, the small little things that, that add up to a better community. That's right. I talked to, but getting back to Loretta, I, I talked to Walter Menese, who was a community liaison uh, under the, uh, in, in the Kalis administration. <clears throat> and he made the point that uh, Loretta um, was known as, as Miss South End. And he recalled getting calls from Loretta at all hours of the day or night. Uh, it could be about litter. There could be property that had been abandoned. Uh, and one of her points of emphasis often was uh, absentee landlords. Was a uh, big one, yeah. And uh, the way they would address it uh, uh, would be through uh, code enforcement, according to Walter Menes. Uh Walter told me that uh, um, she. Uh, would tell them about the problems of absentee landlords and that within the next few days the city hall would have these landlords down and um, uh, give them a good talking to mm-hmm. about their prop- properties and they had to fix them up and they have to be very careful about uh, who they rent to. Yeah. Now, uh, as you were reporting this story, was there anything that you learned about her that you didn't know or that, that uh, was a revelation for you? I mean, you knew her for 18 years. But- yeah. Uh, somebody mentioned that she went, oh, I didn't know that about Loretta. 
I think I was very proud uh, that the city responded the way it did. Mm. Uh, I love the city, um, and I was extremely proud of it, that it stepped up, and it had uh, so many kind things to say about a a tough woman with a kind heart. Mm Now, speaking of uh, neighborhoods, and you mentioned Neighborhood yeah. United, yeah. Uh, you have a story coming out uh, this do. Sunday in the print edition of the Standard Times. It'll be on southcoasttoday.com, I believe, on Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what does, that kind of, what does that story delve into? It, it, um, there's a small tribute to Loretta as part of it, uh, but it's a very long piece, uh, as Sunday stories tend to be, and it focuses on the current situation of neighborhoods united which is which is and they're not in a very healthy place uh their members are uh, getting older they're dying off uh they're or they're just getting worn out and they need need new people to step up and help um they're also a group that is resistant to technology is not technology savvy they don't even have a facebook page and in this day and age you really yeah they're probably leaving a few people behind by not having that type of easy social media access though i'm sure there are even some facebook you know certainly enough facebook groups around the city too that i'm sure some of the neighborhoods have their own uh, facebook groups and their own little online communities that haven't really organized as officially as something like neighborhoods Mm -hmm. united but that you know maybe keep an eye on each other and stuff like that i mean some some smaller than like new bedford neighborhood watch there's in the story, there are speakers that talk about uh, how uh, Neighborhoods United has to uh, consider changing to more of an online model um, and then hold meetings uh, and then hold community events. The, and this comes from the Neighborhood United uh, members that they feel that um, – not many people attend their meetings simply because portable devices make it so easy to contact elected officials. Mm. Uh, I several the routes I, of communication have widened for that's sure. That's correct. Yeah, and the, with the new means of communication, it's instant. They mm. can contact these officials. I mean, we it's see it every day. People, someone tags Ian Abreu on something, right. and there he is responding. And you know, a lot of times taking care of the situation, or you know, or at least uh, pointing them in the right direction. To and then the contact. city has a has a uh, an app called uh, See It, Click It, Click Fix It, or mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember if that's you can exact. put potholes in and Correct. stuff like that. And, Tree uh, limbs that are hanging down and broken sidewalks, and so uh, I mean that kind of. Uh, gets in and uh, cuts into the issues the neighborhood united have the quality of life issues so well so that you uh, delve into all that and uh, explore that issue in sunday's edition of the standard times Mm -hmm. and uh, your article uh, about loretta bork and uh, just kind of all the things that she brought to the city and Mm -hmm. and what she meant to so many people is online already and it was in thursday's Mm -hmm. thursday's right print edition of the standard times and uh, any any parting words on loretta or Um, what she meant to you or the city uh, she's uh, only that uh, we received today her uh, the arrangements and uh, and uh, her funeral is going to be Saturday at eight a.m. from the Saunders Dwyer Home for Funerals on Park Street in New Bedford. It's going to be followed by a uh, mass at Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish. Um, 
Our Lady Guadalupe Parish at St. James Church at 9 a.m., and then burial will be, will be private. The visiting hours are going to be uh, Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. And if you're listening to this in the future, that is uh, Friday, August 31st are the visiting hours, and uh, Saturday, September 1st is the funeral. That's correct. All right. Well, thanks, as always, for being here, Kurt. Thanks, Brendan. uh, Thanks for uh, dying a story about someone who uh, obviously left quite the lasting legacy on the Whaling City. Definitely.